This episode of A Hit to the Head is brought to you by Better Fantasy. We will be hearing from them at the halfway mark of today's episode. Stay tuned for a special offer for them. But for now, let's roll the intro. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hit to the Head. This is episode 28 on the podcast here. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about football, baby. Talking about week 13 of the 2021 NFL season and how it relates to the upcoming week 14 on the year. This year is absolutely zooming. And even though we're still a few weeks out from the end of the regular season, we still have a pretty good idea on where teams sit in the playoff hunt. But we're going to get to that later on in the show. By now, you all know the drill. So let's not waste any more time. If you enjoy this episode, please be a friend. Share with another friend. That's what this is all about here. So let's get right into some NFL action, brother. Let's get it. I love how, of all the times that trucks could be buzzing right now, they choose right now. You know what, though? We're just going to power through it because we're nothing but workhorses here. Add a hit to the head. Not a big deal. So let's get to the first game on the schedule here. Let's talk about the Cowboys' win over the New Orleans Saints last week in Week 13. They played in the Thursday night matchup, if you can remember that far. Cowboys won 27-17. They improved to 8-4 on the year. I think it's safe to say that the NFC East division is absolutely secure for Dallas. I mean... Their biggest threat in that division might be themselves if they just blow the season away. But I don't really see that happening. This team's on fire lately with that offense buzzing. They got all their receivers back except Amari Cooper. Just when you thought that, hey, he's back on the field, he's going to get going again. He goes down once more. This dude can't stay healthy on the field this year. I don't know what his deal is, but he's really hurting the average Joes. And I might have to dish him out. Now, there's two players I want to talk about for the Cowboys, one on defense, one on offense. The first guy I want to talk about is one of my favorites for a defensive player of the year, cornerback Trevon Diggs. If the name sounds familiar, that's because he has a brother on the Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. He's pretty good at football. Makes it easy for Trevon growing up to go against his brother, an elite wide receiver. Makes it easy to develop his game. This is just his second year in the NFL, and he leads the league with nine interceptions, two touchdowns, 14 pass defense, and opposing quarterbacks complete just 55% of passes and have an abhorrent 56.4 quarterback rating. To keep it simple, quarterbacks really struggle when they throw his way. A little fun fact I want to add in here, Trevon Diggs has more touchdowns on the year and wide receivers Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney on the New York Giants combined. Yeah, that's a little salt in the wound there. But another player I want to talk about... Yeah, thanks for that. Another player I want to talk about is running back Tony Pollard. Have I ever mentioned how good this guy is? He has seven rushes, 71 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown was a 58-yarder. How you doing? This guy is such a stud. I don't know how this guy can't be running back number one moving forward. He's just a beast. He's a low-key guy. 
He's 5'10", some change, 200 pounds, lightning in the bottle. He has strength. He has power, explosiveness, speed. He's got it all. He even has hands. This guy's just a beast. I like how the Cowboys are playing lately. And then you have Micah Parsons, defensive rookie of the year, easily. He had his 10th sack in the year in this game. This team's just absolutely tweaking. But I don't know how they're going to do in the postseason because they don't necessarily have a great track record in that area. So we're going to see how it pans out. I feel like a win against the Saints, who have a pretty strong defensive core, is a good confidence booster and kind of shows uh, how talented the Cowboys are. But we're going to need to see a little bit more moving forward to know if they're for real or not. Yeah, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked unfamiliar, unfamiliarly, all right. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked pretty good against the Baltimore Ravens in week 13 when they came away with a sneaky win 20-19. Steelers move just ahead of above 500. And I was watching the game and I saw this guy slinging it for the Steelers and I'm like, Big Ben, is that you? Is that you throwing two tutties and 236 yards on the day? How are you? The guy told the team that this is his final year in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it seemed only fitting that his first game after telling the team this, they got the victory. Now, when Big Ben announces to the team, it's coming a year or two too late. This guy's elbow is absolutely destroyed. This guy can't move out of the pocket. He's just been rattled with injuries over the past couple years. And right now, the Steelers, they don't have any draft picks available to really find a quarterback in the draft. However, if they want to find someone in this upcoming draft, I think the best option is quarterback Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh. Homegrown talent. This guy is... What is up with these cars? This guy is a favorite for the Heisman. He's an official finalist for the award. This guy is your typical hard-nosed player, fights for every yard, absolute warrior on the field, does whatever it takes to get the win. He's not a flashy guy, but you don't need to be that in Pittsburgh. You just need to be a house. That's what this guy is. The best part about this, too, is that because the quarterback pool uh, depth in this draft class isn't the best, they can probably get Kenny Pickett at the end of the first, maybe even early second round. I mean, this guy might have to sit for a year or two just to learn the offense and what it's like to to really roll with an offense in the NFL. But I feel like because he's a Pittsburgh native and because the city already loves him so much, it just seems natural for him to go to the Steelers, right? Level up. Now, for better or worse, this Steelers team, they are not going to make the playoffs. I mean, that much is certain. They just don't have the firepower nor the ability to stop opposing teams from running up the scoreboard. They got a lucky win here against the Ravens, but moving forward, you just can't really consider them a true threat. Yeah, they have some really talented individuals like this guy named TJ Watt, who had three and a half sacks last week, but you just can't expect them to make a playoff push. This is a team that should look to to make a small retooling in the offseason. Not a big rebuild, but like I said, look for that new quarterback because you're running out of time to fill that spot and still be relevant after. Because if you don't fill it now, it's going to be a very hard few years before you find a right guy that fits.
got a couple questions to answer today from you fans out there. The two questions submitted today wanted to be kept anonymous, so we'll give them that respect. We'll answer them just as always. So let's get to the first question on the day. Our first question is asking, who would you rather build a franchise around? Quarterback Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? And I have to go with Justin Herbert. Listen, Joe Burrow, he is your prototypical pocket quarterback. This guy can read defenses inside the pocket. He remains calm, cool, collected, under pressure. He can deliver the ball in tight spaces when he's playing his game. Sure, he makes some mistakes here and there, but you know he's still learning in the NFL. Now, Justin Herbert, he's that prototypical nightmare quarterback like your Aaron Rodgers, who unreal in the pocket, and he's even more dangerous when he gets outside of it. You think, all right, we got him under wraps. And then he breaks out. He's faster than some cornerbacks in the NFL. And this dude's just zooming, and he unleashes a bomb downfield. An absolute cannon of an arm. Effortless, perfect spiral. I can go on and on about this guy's throwing. Justin Herbert is for sure the guy I would want to build around. Hell, I'll even go a step further. If I were to pick from any quarterback in the NFL right now, I'm building around Justin Herbert. He has the size, 6'6", 245. My God, that's a man. He has the arm, as I just said. He has the smarts. He has the hair. This dude's an absolute rock star. You have to roll with him. Joe Burrow, make no mistake, he's a beast, and he's going to have a great future in the NFL. But... You can't pass up on Justin Herbert. This next question coming up is from our main man, Mike, who was featured on an episode previously. Our boys double dip in here with another question. Mike, what do you have for us today? So Rodgers has been doing great with Green Bay so far this year. Uh, the only really bad game that they played was their first game against the Saints. They've looked great. Um, do you, do you still think that Rodgers leaves after this season? And if so, where does he go? Mike, I hate that you're asking me this question. I'll do my best to answer it. I'll answer it from both sides. So my genuine belief is that Aaron Rodgers, I think after this year, he's not leaving the Green Bay Packers. General Manager Brian Gutekunst, yes, up to this year, he absolutely disrespected him in the sense that he didn't keep him in the loop in transactions they were making, and he didn't really consider his opinion with any guys he brought in or any guys he didn't, especially when it came to drafting his replacement quarterback, Jordan Love, trading up to do so in the first round. Now, as I said, he's done a lot to improve those conversations this year. He asked Aaron Rodgers, okay, what can I do? to make you want to play this year. He brought in Randall Cobb. He brought in a bunch of other little transactions like Whitney Marcellus, uh, linebacker. Though he got injured after his first game, you can't knock the, the, the thought and the effort of trying to reach out for somebody. So I feel like these little things, the little conversations that they're having, just giving him the respect that he deserves. And obviously they're 9-3 and three on the year despite 
a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. This team's a powerhouse, and they're not even playing at their full potential. Aaron Rodgers, he can write his own ticket. I feel like he's happy with the way it's going right now. He has a ton of support in Green Bay, and I feel like if Brian Gutekinds keeps rolling with this and everyone continues with their word and sticking by him, I think he's absolutely going to stay. He loves Green Bay. He loves the fans there. He loves the team. He loves the cold weather. And I think also after seeing Jordan Love against the Chiefs, he knows, yeah, my spot's secure. Now, I'm going to entertain the, the latter part of your question. So if he were to leave the Green Bay Packers, you have to consider teams that are in need of a quarterback who, if they had one, could be a strong contender for the Super Bowl. Two teams that pop out to me, both in the NFC, are the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. The Denver Broncos, I feel like they're a quarterback away from being a strong playoff team. And as far as the 49ers, that was his childhood team growing up. And just think about him on that team with those weapons, Kyle Shanahan, and that defense. That would be scary. But as I said, I feel like he's been really satisfied with how the team's been going. And because that the front office is really putting an effort and showing that they're sticking by their words of supporting Aaron and really including him in conversations, I feel like he's going to be back at least for another year next season. Mike, thanks for the question, man. I also hate you for asking me that and putting me on the spot and making me feel sad. To anyone else that wants to send out a question to us, please do not hesitate. Just send it over. It can be written or a voice memo. Either or, we'll be happy to answer it and feature you on the show here. But let's get back to our regular scheduled program. You know what I find to be funny? How people doubted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into this season, thinking, oh, they're not going to do anything significant. They got lucky last year. Uh, so why are they 9-3 and three this year? They lost. They've played numerous games this year without some of their top guys like Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski, and they haven't skipped a beat. This team is so talented that they can lose one of those star guys, and they have another one in the depth chart who's just waiting to boom. How can you not pick this team as the favorite to win the Super Bowl? This team absolutely has a good chance of being repeat champions this year. If you were to genuinely sit and think about the teams that can contend against the Buccaneers and shut them down, the only name that comes to mind is the Green Bay Packers, and we all know how that ended last year in the NFC Championship. So looking at the other teams in the NFL, who can you genuinely have confidence in that they can upset this absolute wagon? Nobody. The Buccaneers are humming. They are lights out. Tom Brady can throw four picks a game and it won't even matter because this team's just so good on both sides of the ball. Dude's the GOAT. Dude could be playing his worst football and he's still the best. I don't know. It just rattles my mind. That's Tom Brady for you, though. All this football talk has got me thinking about my fantasy team, the average Joes who are humming after a little bit of slump the past couple weeks. But that reminds me to mention that we are brought to you today 
by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is the first platform enabling you to sync your existing fantasy leagues and allowing you to bet on the matchups. What? I downloaded the app and I was stunned with how cool and how intuitive this platform is. It's so much fun to play around with. In this first season, the app is totally free to play. I Meaning no matter where you live, you're going to be able to get in on the action. It's basically like a traditional sports book. Instead of betting on an NFL matchup, you're betting on your fantasy league matchups, which is unreal. I want to put money on the average Joes. We're buzzing. You earn the app's in-game currency by completing challenges and use them to place bets. When you win, you can cash in for awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity. Outstanding! And you know what? Let's make this even better. All of you listeners, that's right, you. You're able to take advantage of a special offer. When you download the app today in the App Store, on Apple, Android, whatever thing you use, you'll receive three times the amount of credits when you create your account. It's as easy as this. Go to the App Store, download Better Fantasy, create your account, you receive three times the amount of credits you normally would. Again, it's available in the App Stores on Apple, Android, or you can just head over to their website, betterfantasy.com, to check them out. That's betterfantasy, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com. Shout out to me for spelling, and shout out to Average Joe's minus 500 favorites on every single matchup every week ever. Got a nice cup of joe here to get me through the rest of this. We're buzzing. So up next, I want to talk about another team that's buzzing. Never heard of the New England Patriots. Everybody thought, oh, Tom Brady's leaving. We're finally, we're finally going to put them to rest. Uh Uh-uh. There's this guy named Mac Jones, who's another system QB, pulling up out of Bama with a national championship ring. He said, I want to upgrade this. I want a Super Bowl. And Bill Belichick's dog is sitting in the draft board and saying, rough. Now we're going to flash forward to now. Mac Jones, he had his best game yet against the Bills on Monday night. Patriots won 14-10. They improved to 9-4. and Not a big deal. Mac Jones absolutely shattered passing records on that game. Completed two passes on three attempts for 19 yards. It was tied for the second fewest pass attempts in a game again. Shattering records. I've never seen handoffs that crisp in my life. Patriots ran the ball 41 times for 225 yards. Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Now you look at the Bills. <clears throat> there was 50 mile per hour winds and they still wanted to throw the ball. Yeah, how'd that work out? Another loss. I mean, the Bills just shoot themselves in the foot with a missile. Run the ball, dude. If the wind is 50 miles an hour, don't throw the ball. Because it's going to sail into the stands and knock somebody out. And no fan wants that. Just run the ball. Be honest. Do we think the Bills are going to do anything in the playoffs if they play like this? Hell no. Hell no. The Bills aren't doing nothing. If they want to keep throwing the ball, that's fine. You can outshoot the Chiefs. That's cool. What happens when you go against a team that can actually play defense? What happens when you play against a secondary that can actually shut down the pass, unlike the Chiefs? And they can still run up the points. Yeah, good luck with that. Patriots, wagon. 
Aw, oh, man, you know what time it is. It's the Toilet Bowl game of the week. Let's get it. It was the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins won 20-9. to You know how bad you have to be to make Tua Tagovailoa, the best name in ever, look good in a football game? You have to be pretty darn bad. Let me ask you this. How is Mike Glennon a quarterback in the NFL? Well, that's simple. The New York Giants signed him. That makes sense. This dude almost threw more interceptions than completions in this game. And the only reason why he didn't was because the defense dropped so many of them. But you know what they say. If cornerbacks had hands, they'd be a wide receiver. Also, Giants fans, are you still glad you drafted a running back second overall? We've seen Saquon Barkley on the bench more than we've seen him on the field. However, that's not saying too much because this dude hasn't played a whole heck of a lot. This is, to sum it all up, this is why special teams coordinators are not hired as head coaches. This is like a gumball machine being promoted as a traffic cop. What does Joe Judge bring to the New York Giants other than five sweatshirts to games? This dude doesn't know what he's talking about. He was just hired because he was a part of Bill Belichick's system for the Patriots. In my absolute favorite play of the game, the score was 20-9. to Giants had the ball at the 45 in Dolphins territory. And with just 14 seconds left, Joe Judge says, Yeah, let's kick a field goal. Uh, okay. And then they missed, and that was game. And I'm like, well, there you have it. The Giants had 30 minutes of possession, and they only scored 9 points. So that's about the Giants in a nutshell. But this was your Toilet Bowl game of the week, because man, 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 this game hurt to watch. It it hurt me physically to watch this with my eyes. We have two more games to get to today before we wrap up the epi. So let's talk about... The Chargers win over the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 13. The Chargers won 41 to 22. How about it? I genuinely do not know what to make of the Bengals. I, I mean, Joe Burrow, he's a superstar, but I can't tell if this team is good or not. The offense can put up points and the defense can make stops here and there, but there's times where they put up 30 points and there's times when they put up 10. They beat good teams. They lose to bad. I, I don't know what to make of this team. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they're focused on building the confidence for next season. I mean, the defense, it's just way too penetrable to win games in the postseason. The offense, as you saw here, they can put up points. But the biggest concern is, can they prevent the other team from putting up points? Because we all know that defense sucks. Their offense, though, it's for real. The Chargers, they'll probably make the playoffs. They're 7-5 and five right now. And you look at the AFC, there's not a whole lot of teams that can really contend for the playoffs. It's kind of hit or miss with teams in that division, or excuse me, that conference. So I feel like the Chargers can just kind of cruise right in. I feel like they can win a playoff game, but don't expect too much from them. As I said, they're just looking to build confidence for next year, get Justin Herbert going, because next year it's MVP season for him. Last but not least, I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. In week 13, they beat the Bears 33-22. Cardinals are now 10-2 on the year. But it's a little suspect. The Cardinals have only played three teams. 
with a record better than 500. And against those teams, they're 2-1. And, and across that three-game span, they've scored 96 points on offense, led up 57. The teams they beat were the Titans and the Rams, and they lost to the Green Bay Packers. I feel like the sample size is just way too small to really consider if this team is for real or not. Yeah, they can put up points. They have 10 wins, 2 losses. You can't argue against that. I mean, 10-2 and two is 10-2. and two, But I feel like the track record and just kind of the credibility of it is into question. But I like Kyler Murray on the Cardinals. Quarterback Kyler Murray. I like him. He's grown on me, even though he hasn't grown himself. Dude's five foot nothing, small hands, McGee. But he had four total touchdowns in this game. This was his first game back after a couple weeks due to injury. He went out in week eight with an ankle injury against the Packers. And this was also his first game back with DeAndre Hopkins, who missed a few games. Shout out, though, to running back James Conner for the cards. This dude turned things around after a pretty poor 2020 season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a real feel-good story. This guy's humming this year. And to top it all off, guy's a cancer survivor. How can you not root for guys like that? Just a real good guy from all the people I hear from. All in all, though, I I just don't believe in Arizona. As I said, like, they're 10-2 they're season. Yeah, it's 10-2, and two, but it, it's a little suspect. I have an asterisk next to it. And in the postseason... I, I don't believe in them because there's no playoff experience amongst the players on that roster. And, like, the, the schedule leading up to it has just been real weak. You can't expect to head into the playoffs and buzz when you've been playing teams below 500 all year. You know, uh, the teams that play against all the top teams from last year and whatnot, and they still make the playoffs, those are typically the teams that cruise on and, they make the NFC Championship, AFC Championship, whatnot. Uh, the Cardinals, they're just not in that mix. I don't put them on the same level as the Packers and the Buccaneers. Or, I mean, even the Rams, for that matter. I have more confidence in the Rams than I do the Cardinals. And that's kind of saying something, because the Rams have fallen off a bit. Can the Cardinals rise up on my board if they beat some more teams above 500 convincingly? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Do I think the Cardinals are going to win a playoff game? No. No, I don't think the Cardinals are winning a playoff game this year. Their schedule wasn't strong enough leading into it. They have no playoff experience. And I just don't know how Kyler Murray is going to perform in the playoffs with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach and play caller. Ladies and germs, put your hands and ears together for a hit to the head. Power 5 rankings. The top 5 teams in the NFL as it stands right now. This is according to me. It's how I feel about the teams playing as of late. It's not about record. It's how I feel the teams are at their best. So let's start it all off. Number 5. I'm rolling with the LA Rams. As I said, you know, confidence has been shaken a bit. But they're still a top team in the NFL. They have the roster. They have the talent there. They just need to blend it all. They need to mesh it together. It's there, they just need to find it. Number four, Indianapolis Colts. When they play Smash Mouth football. They're seven and six, but when they play Smash Mouth football, I think they're one of the top teams in the NFL. It as simple as that. When Carson Wentz is just plain boring football, he's going for high completion percentage, not trying to be a hero. 
they just feed the ball to their running backs. They are a sick team. They're sick. Number three, the New England Patriots. This team's won seven games in a row. They have to be top three. They have to be. When you throw three times in a game and still win, you have to be a top three team. This team's unreal. Both sides of the ball. They do everything right. Bill Belichick style. Number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nothing's changing here because this squad's all led by, let's say it now, Tom Brady, Doug Oat. Tom Brady is unreal. This dude could be playing his worst ball, and his team is still the best. That's why he's the GOAT. Number one, the Green Bay Packers. They had a bye week, but they're still the top team in the NFL because they're not even playing their best football, and they dominate. They dominate opponents. Plain and simple, on both sides of the ball, their defense has really come together. Their offense, they're not, they're not even playing at their full potential, and they're putting up heck of points. When this team figures it out, they start getting on the same page, they get their guys healthy. Oh my God, this might be the year for the pack. Hopefully, go pack go, brother. This is our power five rankings. Number five, you had the LA Rams. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. Hot take. Number three, the New England Patriots. Number two, the Tampa Bay Tom Br- I mean Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number one, the Green Bay Packers. That's our Power Five rankings. Thank you so much. Let's end this all off with our five big games of Week 14 coming at you this weekend. There's a lot of good games coming up. Unlike last week. Last week kind of sucked. But Week 14, we got some good games going on. Let's start it off with the first one here, shall we? The Las Vegas Raiders face off in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs, 1 o'clock p.m. Sunday. It's a division rivalry. This game's always fun to watch. Both teams put up a lot of points because their defense sucks. It's going to be fun to watch. I love watching Derek Carr. Dude's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. However, when it comes down to a shootout, I have to trust the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs in this game. Just because Pat Mahomes, he can outduel any quarterback in the NFL. Dude's averaging 40 passes a game this year. This dude forces you to put up points. So good luck with that. I picked the Chiefs. Up next, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. 1 o'clock p.m. Sunday. Again, another divisional matchup. This is where it really boils down to at the end of the year. Ravens, they're coming off a loss to the Steelers. They're feeling a little bit salty. Cleveland Browns, they're kind of wobbling on two peg legs right now. So the Ravens are looking to steamroll them. I have them in this game because after last week, they're pissed. So they want to take out their anger on the Browns. That's 1 o'clock p.m. Sunday. I got the Ravens. Up next, the Buffalo Bills at Tom. Br- I mean Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 4.25 p.m. Sunday. Tom Brady. That's all I have to say. The Buccaneers are going to beat the Bills because you saw the Bills play against the Patriots Monday night and they just look terrible. When you play against the Buccaneers and they had this guy named Tom Brady at quarterback, you don't really stand much a chance. So that's 425 p.m. Sunday. Bills at Bucks. Number four. This is going to be a really interesting game to watch. The Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. 
Prime time. 8.20 p.m. Sunday. Prime time. This is the game to watch because in case you all forgotten, in their last game earlier this year when the Packers went into Chicago at Soldier Field Stadium, Rodgers ran in for a tutty, not a big deal, showed off that athleticism. And he faced the crowd saying, I still own you. So uh, this game's going to be a little bit interesting to say the least. I'm taking the Packers. Rodgers owns them. That's the Bears at Green Bay, 8.20 p.m. Sunday. Prime time. Last but not least, the L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, 8.15 p.m. Monday. Prime time. I'm taking the Rams here because I said earlier, I'm not confident in the Cardinals. I feel like the Rams, they're looking to boost their confidence a little. They had to slip up a couple weeks in a row. They were on a three-game losing skid. They got it back together last week against the Jags. So I feel like they're looking to make a statement against the Cardinals here. That's why I have to roll with them. The Rams are going to beat the Cardinals 8.15 p.m. Monday. Prime time. Those are our five big games to watch in week 14. It's going to be so much fun. Check it out. you have a great time. Alrighty, folks. That just about does it for this episode of A Hit to the Head. If you enjoyed the episode, please be a friend and share it with other friends, families, neighbors, dogs, anyone you see at Walmart. ShopRite, your local gas stations, anyone you meet in public, spread the word, get it out there. If you didn't enjoy the episode, then I'm holding it against you. Be sure to check out our website, ahittothehead.com, where we have a ton of cool sports-related content, including blog articles, YouTube videos, our podcast, and more. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, give us a follow at ahittothehead, where you can receive notifications on all content published. That's it, guys. Be sure to take care, stay safe, and we'll see you all in the next one.